Welcome to the Foreigners and Fathers podcast, where two nerdy parents take on the quest of parenthood. This is a podcast where we will share and compare our experiences when it comes to life as immigrants, new parents, and some other things in between. Welcome to episode 24, Joining a Guild, part 2. So, first and foremost, apologies for last week's abrupt ending. I had a little bit of a, a situation here with little Nim Nim that needed to be taken care of. Don't you worry, everything is perfectly fine. But it was something that I needed to, to take care of, and that's why I had to skedaddle as fast as I could. <laughs> uh, but I think that, hey, it just goes to show that we keep it real <laughs> yeah, exactly. in regards to, to being parents, isn't it? It's just things it's that happen. Parts. It's all parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we decided to do a, a part two. It wasn't originally going to be a part two, but we realized that, one, I had to go. And second, we still had enough material that we wanted to talk about. Uh, so we decided to, to do a part two about it. So that's what we're going to do. And that being said, I'm just going to say hello and how are you, man? How you been doing? Yeah, uh, thank you, Bruno. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um... Um, yeah, no, nothing really special. I had uh, a day with Nico today, and I spent some time with him. We uh, we had to get something sorted for our car. Our car was having some small issues, but it was still under warranty. So we traveled up to Eastbourne um, just to um, to get it sorted, and uh, then we were back. And uh, um, and yeah, then we spent the rest of the day. But it, it's been okay. It's been uh, quite chill. Um, how are you doing? Uh, well, according to me, I'm, I mean, not according to me, about me, I'm fine. I'm a little bit under the weather. Uh, you know, I think the climate change from summer to autumn uh, did me in, especially because it hit from one day to another. So I was still like sleeping in pyjama shorts instead of pyjama pants and the windows open and stuff. And it just, it's one of those things that is not even like a proper real cold. It's just you have like itch in the back of your throat and you have this tiny nagging headache all day you know what i mean like one of yeah. those annoying things but nothing really serious and it, about nim nim what's new she's walking more confident now she she takes some like six seven eight steps now without the hands she tries it she stands up on her own she still likes to wait hang on hang on hang on, hang on. Let, let's take back is she walking with an assisted now not completely. She takes steps unassisted, like eight steps. And I'm pretty sure she could take more. But basically, she only does it when she knows that she's going to reach the place she want to reach in eight steps. But hang so on. So she's that's, still that's very massive. careful. Yeah, no, but yeah, hang yeah. On, hang on. That's, that's massive. She's she's basically starting walking. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's when Nico started... Like, we considered... When Nico was doing that, we considered that he started walking. So she started walking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also standing on her own. She she doesn't mind it anymore. If she gets tired, she just does the the chaff squat, like I mentioned before, and oh, then yeah. stands up again. And she has this thing that she loves crawling. So she, there's a little stool in the kitchen, and she loves like crawling on top of it. And she also likes to go up the stairs. She's like, I can go up the stairs. Obviously, she can. You have to be behind her. But she's like, Yeah, I'm going up the stairs. I'm a big girl now. She hmm. loves crawling. Um, and we think she is getting a molar because she keeps like scratching the back part of her gums where the molars are. And right. we checked and apparently this 
it's uh like it's not weird for babies to stop growing molars at this stage so we okay. think she's growing a molar yeah okay so, so that's just another annoying thing for her to have to go through well yeah and also to sadly again i i hate how disproportionate it is but also to holly because she's biting so she's still breastfeeding and now she's biting when she's breastfeeding yeah. that's so that's not be good. pleasant nah definitely not that's not bueno how about Nico? What's new with Nico? He... what was he doing? No, not much. He's grabbing the spoon to feed himself a little bit more. Like, uh, we basically put the food on the spoon and then he takes it to his mouth, like, very consistently. And sometimes he asks for it. Um, he's being uh, a lot more defined about what he wants and what he doesn't want. I, I mentioned it last time, but yeah, he's being, like, just kind of sort of demanding what he wants from us and all of that um and what else he's he's actually paying more attention to what's going on 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 the telly now um and he actually he doesn't ask for it necessarily but you can see which which stuff we put on that he gets excited for like there's a particular like video that has like pikachu on it and uh, he gets very <laughs> excited by pikachu and he also loves videos of animals um so like sometimes i put like with the, the the kittens and the puppies and stuff and he really likes those as well so and he's paying a lot more attention to it i think like their average attention span at this age is like six minutes or something uh but uh so so yeah he's uh, making full use of those minutes so yeah he just kind of stays there and he walks oh another thing that i don't think i mentioned before uh, but that he's been doing for a while is that like when i speak to my parents on the phone like facetiming and stuff he actually grabs the phone in front of him while he's talking to them or well oh yeah he's, yeah yeah so he grabs the phone and he just walks around with the phone and stuff so he understands it quite well and even on the phone when i ask oh where's the nose and stuff he points to the like my parents noses on camera yeah like yeah, yeah. On the, it's so on the screen um so, so amazing yeah, that's how nice. how digestible for lack of a better term technology is nowadays yeah. isn't it like i remember I, this is even before i had kids but i remember watching a, a post online that said no your baby is not a genius because he knows how to run an ipad the engineers of the ipad are geniuses and it's so true, like, Nim Nim just grabs the phone, and because she sees so, she picks, like, she actually grabs her little finger and points at the screen and, like, touch it and tries to action it. So, for example, yeah. if you're watching YouTube videos on the phone to, like, show her the dancing fruits or whatever, she pauses it, and then she plays play again, and she makes the screen big, and she makes the screen small. Sometimes she closes the app and stuff, but it's just... Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't do it on purpose, obviously. She doesn't want to close the app. But what I mean is she clicks on the phone and she loves FaceTime because she she loves pictures. Like, she loves... One of her... The things we do to entertain her is we pick her up and we we put her near the, near the wall where the pictures are. And she points out, like, oh, yeah, that's Papi, that's Mama, that's Nona, that's Nim Nim, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. She does the same on the phone. So if you're FaceTiming, she points at you and then she points at herself. But yeah, it's incredible how easy it is for them to understand technology. And obviously, like I said, they're not understanding it. It's not like she's going to take a phone call and take a screenshot and send an yeah. email. But still. Yeah, I you know, know? I know what you mean. 
Well, going into using that as a segue, because we're teaching about how easy it is for them to learn this kind of stuff, we are undoing the part two of the joining the guild, which is joining the school, which is all about education. So should we do a brief recap of yeah. the, the things that we almost didn't manage to touch that well on the last episode? Yeah. Okay. So we were mentioning, for example, about school uniforms and how I said that in Mexico, the uniforms, I didn't like them. But at the same time, I don't know if I completely disagree with them because they give you a sense of belonging. They give like, well, uniform, it's in the word. It makes any everyone like the same. So it's not like, oh, you have better clothes than me. You have, uh, you look at that person, he has awful clothes. It gives everyone a level playing field. So I don't know how to feel about uniforms. You were mentioning that you you were also semi-conflicted, but you're leaning more towards you don't like them, if I remember correctly. No, uh, I, 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 I really don't know which way I'm leaning more towards. I don't have a strong, strong preference. I think there are advantages and disadvantages in both ends. And um, yeah, so I'm a little bit conflicted as well. Uh, because what you were saying in terms of keeping it everything uniform, which is part of the word. Yes, that's true. But I also want my kid to have a sense of individuality. But I don't want exactly. his sense of individuality to be because he's better than others. I want his sense of individuality to be because you know he has is his own person so i can see the advantages and disadvantages i also thought that the uniforms would be very good to like have a, be a, have everyone in the same level playing field but i also know from people who went to school here in the uk that kids always find ways to appear better than other ones yeah. so the uniforms actually are not as effective as they could be in that sense so it's kind of like if that's one of the main advantages um, they uh, and that advantage isn't doesn't really happen. Um, then what's the point? So it's a little bit it's a little bit difficult. I'm definitely conflicted, but I don't have a strong preference, as you were saying. Yeah, no, I'm the same. But because I can, it's basically I know they're gonna have to go and have a uniform, and because I'm conflicted, I'm not actively against it. Like I will not campaign. Let's remove the uniforms because yeah, I could, exactly. I can't see the good point. So I'm just like, okay, it's gonna happen. And again, yeah, that being said, the uniforms here, I find them more appealing than the uniforms in Mexico. I like that they have the blazers and the ties that are colored. And because in Mexico, all the uniforms are the same, are either a shirt and, a, and some pants or a polo and some shorts if it's PE day. And that's it. <laughs> and, right. And like, there's like four different colors. Like I went to, like I said, I, I changed schools basically every year. And at least three of the schools I went had the same color uniform, which was chicken yellow shirt and navy blue pants. The only difference between schools was the logo on the shirt. That's it. But here, yeah. again, there's more variety and you have the blazers and you can take the blazer off and you... I don't know, it, it, make, it gives it more variety and it, it, make, it gives it more personality. Maybe, obviously, I'm just seeing that because they're new to me. Maybe everyone here is like, what do you mean variety? Everyone is the same. Blazer, ties, blah, blah, blah. But at least to me, they seem new. So that's also why I'm not that against them. Yeah. How are the schools in, in Portugal? What do you mean? Yeah, how are they? Are they blazer-like or are they just a shirt and a polo? Oh, the uniforms? Yeah. Well, there are no uniforms in Portugal. 
non? I thought you said some private school had the uniform. Oh, I guess yeah, some private schools, but because because like each private school has its like it's not it's not the same or anything, but usually, yeah, the, the plated shirt and and skirt or, or trousers, just like, I don't even know, I don't even remember seeing that many private school kids, and some private schools don't even require uniforms, so it, it's very rare that I would even see it, so I, did, I definitely didn't see it enough to have a mental image of it, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 no, definitely. Now, we also mentioned the, the school mottos. Which, I don't know how they do here, because, uh, uh, let me explain. In Mexico, for example, every Monday, we have to do an activity, which basically you sing the national anthem. And some oh, kids, really? Yeah, and some kids carry the flag around, and they pass it to, like, they parade it around, like, the schoolyard, while the other kids are singing the national anthem. That is something that we did every Monday. Do you know if they do something like that here in the UK? Because I haven't asked them. I I actually don't know. Uh, I, I didn't even think of that because in Portugal you don't really know. I mean, you learn you learn the national anthem, but you don't really sing it like regularly at all. <laughs> yeah, um, I to be honest, I prefer that. I I didn't. I never liked doing the national anthem, and sometimes it's a national anthem. Plus That's the... probably just an American thing in the sense of Mexico is very close to the US, so it's probably... Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's also a country that had both an independence and then a revolution, so I guess it's also that, that it's, you know, it's tried to put that sense of nationality in. And not only is the national anthem, again, some days you also do the... I don't know how to proper translate it, but it's... Basically, the pledge, uh, the pledge of, alle of allegiance. It's not exactly the pledge of allegiance, but it's something like that. It's basically you saying to the, to the flag that you will respect the flag and will be there for the flag and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's it's really so ridiculous. American. Yeah, it's really ridiculous. I don't like it. Yeah, it's, a, it's here... a very Americanized thing. But uh, I just had a quick Google at it, and it doesn't look like they force you to sing national anthem here. And while I was googling that, there were also a few people saying that they didn't really like the national anthem anyway. Uh, that apparently it's like dreadful. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll it just changed, didn't that. it? Pardon? It just changed. Changed. Yeah, because it, it basically the national anthem. I don't know if you were aware. But the national anthem is God Save the King. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, like three weeks ago, it was still God Save the Queen. So they just changed national anthems. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's still the same kind of thing anyway. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. So... But you obviously you have to change the, the word queen for king. Yeah. But they do have school mottos, though. So when do they school? Because obviously I haven't done my research because I'm negligent like that. <laughs> do you know when do they recite the motos? Is it like a thing they do, or is it just mostly just to have one? Or I I think it's mostly to have one, and it's part of like their branding. I don't think that they sing it, or I don't think that they do anything like that. I think it's just like literally a sentence, so it's just part of their branding, kind mm. of like they have in Harry Potter and all of that, and kind of like yeah. they have in some places. Um, um, so so yeah, I think it's mostly that. Uh, to be quite yeah, that sounds so foreign to me, uh, pun intended, because we didn't have school mottos at all. Um, so, yeah. and besides, like again, it's just all of that, like prefects and houses and school mottos. When I when I was reading Harry Potter, 
I assumed that it was because it was a magical school. And then everyone told me like, no, 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 that's normal. That is <laughs> school. That is British school, not magic school. And I was like, oh, okay. I did not expect that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so so what else are we um, did we look at last time then? We mentioned the... Well, we didn't exactly manage to properly touch it, but I remember there was mention of short days. What are short days? Oh, it's just literally just... I'm just... It's just saying that the days, the school days here are shorter. Uh, we did talk about it a little bit just in the sense of... Um, that, that, for example, in Portugal, the school days are a bit longer, I think. So, um, essentially, the uh, uh, the parents kind of want the kids to always be at school uh, because otherwise they have to find after-school activities for the kids uh, out of their own volition. So, they actually push for the school days to be long so that they don't have to pick up the kids from school until they finish work and because work in Portugal usually lasts much longer so work in Portugal usually people start working at like 9, 9.30 and they would finish working at like 6, 6.30 in, in a lot of cases because there's a bigger lunch gap etc a few different reasons more hours work per week in general um, and then that means that because you're finishing work at like 6 or 6.30 you can't really pick up your kids that early uh, or you have to make some arrangements so the, the they kind of it means that the school days in Portugal are also a little bit longer so that's one of the peculiarities when I was looking at in terms of the education system in the UK is that in general they have like short uh, school days essentially but what they do have to make up for it is that they have a lot of after school activities uh, as part of the school but it's like optional stuff uh, like things like yeah, yeah, sort of like clubs, like chess, flamenco, uh, Spanish, football, coding. Uh, so just a lot of uh, after-school activities that, that, you know, the kids can get involved in. Man, you can tell that we're old when you're after after-school activities coding. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, very out. important, though, to have, like, I would say... Oh, yeah, probably... it's basic at this point. Like, I remember... A lot of, I'm using the word as a joke so no one gets offended, but I remember a lot of boomers being upset that cursive was no longer being taught in school. And I was like, I mean, it's a nice skill to have because it looks pretty, but it's completely useless because no one uses cursive anymore. I'd much rather my kid knew coding than cursive. Yeah. And uh, I think that coding is probably going to be one of those things that everyone is going to have the basics of uh, in the future. So every kid is going to have it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if within the next like decade, it's you know if it if it becomes part of this the actual school the curriculum, curriculum yeah. rather than just a club. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's needed to be honest. But I wanted to ask, how long are school days here? Because man, I really don't know anything about schools here. How long are they? Uh, I, I think it's like from 8.30 until 3.30 in the afternoon. Let me see. Uh, school day length UK. Let me see. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, they, they have... It's essentially like 8.45 to like 3.15, Monday to Friday. Okay, well, that's not that short to me because in primary school, so the first six years school in mexico is from 8 a.m to 2 p.m yeah and then once you go into secondary it's 7 a.m till uh, 2 p.m and but something that is also 
uh, weird. I'm, I mean, it's not weird for me because I grew up with it, but a, a lot of people find it weird is that we also have afternoon schools, especially public schools, because they have to take care of so many kids. They sometimes have to divide them. So there's some kids that instead of going eight to two, they go like in the afternoon. So they start at four and they finish, I don't know, around 10. And I'm not doing the math right now, uh, but yeah. Do you have afternoon schools in, in Portugal? Uh, yes, but for normal kids, there's only in the secondary school. So only when they're like 15 to 18, uh, some, some, uh, classes, not, not classes, like so, some of the, uh, uh, groups of students, they have, uh, classes in the afternoon mostly. So you can have it mostly in the morning or mostly in the afternoon. And some of people get it uh, mostly in the afternoon. So yes, there are, but not starting at four. It's more like starting after lunch at like one. Oh, okay. No, two. in Mexico is the vibe because obviously the schools that do afternoon shift also have a morning shift. So they have to finish the regular school at two, then the teachers go and maybe some stay, maybe some do on the morning, some do on the afternoon, but that's why the afternoon starts around four. Because again, there's, yeah, there's so many of them and because it's mandatory for school, for kids to have at least primary school, well, secondary school, uh, that's why sure. they also yeah. offer afternoon shift because otherwise they would not be just, there's not enough schools for everyone to study basically. So yeah, going exactly. into, into new, things that we have in touch so that was the the recap um, but going into new things and this is something that concerns both of us here reception and this is something that i wanted to touch and i even mentioned it last episode they started ages four to five which for me was super bizarre because in mexico you start at six i think the biggest the biggest uh, shock value here is more that the kids can start at age four isn't it because um, in Portugal and I think in Mexico as well it starts at six so you kind of feel like there's a, a two-year gap but for example I know that in Portugal if parents want or sometimes kids start when they're five and then they turn six so you can actually start with five and here in the UK you can delay the kids to start at five as well um, so that seems less of a gap but yeah definitely thinking that they could start at four and like you said last episode as well um, thinking like for example for Neem and Nico that they are you know three weeks apart and they're very towards the end of uh, uh, the 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 cutoff Summer. for the school year that means that they would start with when they're four with basically a month or two into being four years old so it's just basically barely out of three years old and just starting school which seems mad yeah no completely agree i don't remember a lot of kids starting at five i think maybe you could fight your case if you start at five and then like one or two months in you get six but not more than that. It's easier to find someone to start at seven than someone to start at five. Uh, it's very weird to find someone to start at five in, in Mexico because the norm again is six. So if, yeah, again, if you're thinking, well, my kid is going to turn six two months into the school year, I wouldn't want my kids to be seven while everyone else is six. Then I guess maybe you can fight the case, but definitely not. if. Does that, does that mean that be... you've decided what you're going to do here? Not yet, uh, because I personally, I want uh, to hold Nimnim back, uh, but Hall is not sure. So we still need to, to talk 
uh, more about it. Too. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we need to also weigh the options, check what's going on. But uh, for me, it's not that hard of a choice because, again, I'm used to starting at six. So when I heard five, I was like, okay, I guess one year, but four, it's like they like I don't I don't know. It feels like it's too much pressure for the little brains. Especially because she's going to be learning two languages already. So she's probably going to be a little bit behind in language. So I don't want to then put everything else on top of that, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that. we're definitely going to ask for Nico to be held back a year uh, with the rationale of the language. Uh, and, you know, also because he, he would start very soon after he turns four. Um, so we're definitely going to ask, but I think the the uh, the school board or whatever makes the final decision. It's not even up to you, so we'll have to rely on that a little bit. But um, even for you guys, like you can make whatever decision you want. Yeah, exactly. But and at the end of the, the day, they might decide like, otherwise. Nah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They may, you know, they may even decide that she's too young to start. So they may be the one saying no. She needs to start next year. Yeah, exactly. Maybe if we do go there and be like, okay. We're putting her at four. They might say like, no, she just turned four. Wait, wait a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so essentially, uh, that's um, that. That's pretty much it, and that's what we're going to do. So yeah, they uh, they start here, ages four to five. Uh, they do the reception, mm -hmm. um, which is, I guess, basically preparing them for like proper school. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And then they do years one to six. Um, and uh, yeah, which is when they're ages five to ten. Um, so when we were looking at these, so essentially every year they get like a, a classification of uh, working towards, working at, working below, and working above. So I didn't, I, I tried my best to understand the, the differences, but working towards I think means that you're developing. Working at just means that you're on. That it means that you are. Your average. Your average. Working below means that you dropped from where you were. Okay. And working above means that you are above where you were before. Okay. I think that's kind of it. So it's like working towards is you're still developing, but but like you're still getting to a nice level at you're at that level below you fell above you went above i think that's kind yeah, of it, it sounds it sounds very self-explanatory until you realize that working towards and below are very Could interchangeable be considered the same isn't it yeah yeah it's like because i'm assuming working at means okay you're an average with your age and what we think someone on your grade should be Working yeah. towards means that you're still not there, but you're reaching. Above means that you're more advanced than what will be expected. But then again, what does below means? But again, like you said, maybe means that you were already at and then you drop. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm pretty sense. sure that's what it means. Uh, but we can put some those definitions in the description uh, as well. But, uh, but yeah. Also, um, something that yeah. I wanted to mention is that I'm very happy that here... Uh, well, I don't know how to properly say it because the terms keep changing so much so I don't know what is appropriate anymore it's hard to keep up but I'm going to say it what I learned was the correct way to say it learning difficulties here are very much considered 
in Mexico, at least when I was a kid, it was really hard for anyone to consider learning difficulties. And I don't mean, obviously you could consider them if they were obvious, but they weren't any accommodations towards it. I heard that here in the UK, the government actually gives you some assistance if you have problems like dyslexia or ADHD or stuff like that. So that was something that I found really, really nice and really refreshing that that was considered. And I don't know if they will change how they approach teaching you. I don't think they they do. But just the fact that it's acknowledged and they are more or less I think aware. They do change. I think the only thing that they don't change is the curriculum, but I think they yeah, exactly. accommodate. Yeah, so that was really good. I, when I found out that, that was like, oh, nice. I'm, I'm very happy that that is a thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I don't think that in Portugal, like uh, maybe it's the same as in Mexico, but I think probably it's just not very visible. It's kind of swept under the rug, but maybe they, they do uh, do something. Well, the thing is, obviously, I never knew anyone that had dyslexia, so I don't know how they will tackle it. Um, but I knew someone with ADHD being me and <laughs> they never I to be fair, I never had it diagnosed in primary school. But still, no one no one noticed that I had it. Now teachers are more aware of it. So now teachers are like, hmm, you are presenting this and this and this symptom. And I also know, because Holly used to work as a librarian in a school, that uh, it's the equivalent, I don't know what is the name of the organization, or perhaps that is the name, but basically like child services are more involved in the school. Like they're checking, okay, is the, are the kids learning okay? And do they seem healthy? Stuff like that. Yeah. So they they really do take care of the kids, which is something that I I, I find very comforting and very I'm very happy that that happens because that I didn't grow up with it. The most that I see, and it wasn't even accommodations. They just basically <clears throat> it's gonna sound awful, but that is the reality. I had a colleague in one of my schools that had Down syndrome, and they didn't have any any at all special accommodations towards them the only thing they did is they ignore them so it's like we're gonna give classes normal and we're not going to assume that you're gonna keep up so we're gonna let you do your thing but they didn't put any special things in measure to make sure that they were learning and that they were comfortable you know it they was just they were basically giving them permission to be in class without actually taking care of teaching them so the fact that here that doesn't happen made me feel so much more relaxed yeah, for sure, for sure. No, they they he, that's something that he actually here I've noticed in the UK it's quite good uh, because it doesn't happen in in Portugal and it is just generally uh, on a national level there's a lot of consideration for disabilities and there's a lot of consideration for like um, accommodating people in the different stages of life and uh, different activities that they need to do. Um, whereas in Portugal, for example, there's a lot of stigma around disabilities and people that have disabilities are kind of left to their own devices mm -hmm, family mm -hmm. takes care of them but like they don't really have as good quality of life i think it's improved in recent years but generally speaking uh they are kind of seen like people just it's kind of like in a way 
homeless people uh, that a lot of people just pass by them and don't even look at them but they know that they're there so in Portugal it's kind of similar to that it's just disabled people or you know people with disabilities that um, or even just development needs and people just kind of like ignore it and just look the other way uh, but here in the UK they, they're very accommodating and it's like seeing someone using a, like a, one of those scooters or whatever like or even a wheelchair you don't even think that much about it it's kind of like oh yeah okay but it's just normal whereas in Portugal like it, it's it's very uh, uncommon yeah exactly and so uh, yeah yeah go ahead no 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 carry on I was going to continue in terms of the uh, years one to six but did you want to say something else no 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 I was going to ask precisely what was next <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, so essentially they do something that I find is quite interesting, the way that they measure this. Um, so on year, so this is years one to six, right? On year two and year six, they do the SATs. Uh, now, there's going to be a few acronyms that we're, and a few things that we're going to uh, talk about here that I've always heard of them, but I never really knew what they stood for. So SATs are standardized assessment tests. And what these are, essentially, is they they are a way to test, as the name suggests, where the students are on a national level on year two and six. So this is something that doesn't really count towards their grades or, or their levels or something. It's more really just a national assessment, and yeah. it's just a way to see where the students are. It's like now, a census to check where the, the educational level of the country is at. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, so, you know, kids at this stage, they have a few uh, basic knowledge on subjects like, you know, English, mathematics, history, uh, physical education, geography, history, music, that that kind of stuff that you would uh, expect most, mostly focused on English, maths and science. Um, but what I want to say with this is that they do something that is very, very interesting here. So they do all the tests. And you're not really working towards a specific grade. So the tests aren't graded necessarily. So what they do... You mean, is, sorry, sorry sorry to interrupt, but just because I got a little bit confused. You mean in the SATs or in, or in the general test for grading? The SATs, the SATs. Oh, okay, so cool, that one yeah, I was yeah. just telling you what sort of subjects they do. But in um, when they do the SATs, they do something that is very interesting. So they don't actually define how much each person had until they assess every single test. Okay, so they assess all the tests. Then they check what is the average, what is the standard, because they are they are talking about these are standardized assessment tests. So they look at what is the standard across the country, what is the average across the country, what is someone expected to have. But it's not related to like previous years. It's not related to anything like that. It's that year, that test, where the students are at. So then they define what is the standard. So the standard would be what 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 on average. Uh, students achieve right so it doesn't mean uh, like if if the average of students get 80 percent 80 percent of the questions right that means that 80 percent is the standard of a hundred that mm -hmm. everyone gets across the country right mm -hmm. uh, gets getting 80 percent of the of the answers right so they do that and then you once they define what the standard of a hundred is they then um 
they then send you like uh, uh, they then tell you what the grade is of your kid but they do it according to that standard so let's okay so that let me see if again. I let me just see if I understood let's say they take the test and the average is 80 that means that then if Nimnim answer 80 they will tell me oh yeah Nimnim scored a hundred because she answered yeah. the average yeah, essentially. And if she if she got all the questions right, maybe she would get 120. And if exactly. she got, you know, all the questions wrong, maybe... I, I don't think that they go below, like, 70, but 70 is, like, the, the least, you know, uh, least amount of points. So they would say she gets 70, but that's really bad, for example. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. So, so, yeah, because what they're doing is they're setting what the standard is on a national level, and then they're just telling you how your kid performs according to that standard which i think is quite interesting to be honest and what they do with the sats is they, they're like i said it's not really for the grades of the kids it's just to show what is the progress and the quality of the school so it's very important for the schools because then you measure the students but you also measure the schools and they say well this school is above the standard this school is below the standard etc yeah because obviously the schools maybe it's not that much interest for the the uh, the alumni itself but the school can they say everyone in our school got between uh, 90 to 110 of last year's SATs so that that means that that school yeah. has a very good level stuff like that yeah yeah essentially so here they do like one year one to six like in Mexico I guess then their primary school is one to six because then they go yeah. to secondary in year seven eight and nine yeah uh, yeah, so they go to secondary education uh, from ages 11 to 16. And uh, essentially, uh, oh, so they call this like... It's four years then. It's years 7, 8, 9, 10 and 11. Yes, exactly. Five years. Why did I say four? Because my maths is not good. I need to go back <laughs> to school. Um, so... Essentially, uh, this is when they start getting into like uh, uh, more development on on the education and on what they're having. So they call these like th there's like key stages, etc. And uh, um, once they get into this secondary education, they get a few more things. Uh, so they get. Uh, uh, um, uh, like foreign languages they get computing they get design and technology um so they, they start getting uh, at the end of that so um <clears throat> what they uh, um what they do is that on years uh, 10 and 11 they do something that um i really uh hadn't uh, heard of uh, i had heard of the acronym but i hadn't or actually it's not an acronym is it it's a, an initialism but that's just me being pedantic uh, but uh, the gcses now gcses is something that i had heard of before in terms of how did you get in well, how much did you get into gcses etc but i never really knew what it stood for or when they did it um so this is something that they do at the end of year 11 but essentially they prepare uh, on years 10 and 11 they choose some of the subjects that they're going to do GCSEs for uh, but some of them are mandatory so some some of these GCSE subjects are mandatory some of them they choose um, and it's basically uh, um, just 
what they're having in terms of their secondary education diploma. So that's uh, GCSE st stands for General Certificate of Secondary uh, Education. Uh, but, so that's what it, it stands so for. So is that like, because I'm also now confused if that is at a national level or by school level. Is that like, because I know that everyone, because again, living here for six years, I heard them now. So I know that everyone is saying, oh, we're on GCSEs. Uh, period basically like everyone will take the test in this at the same time even in different school but it's is it a standardized test like everyone in the country has the same test or is it per school it's, that's a good question um so that one uh those are exams so what does it say uh so <laughs> on years 10 and 11 no, 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 no. Yeah, it wasn't ready for, for that specific part. But essentially, uh, there are exams that are taken after those two years of year 10 and 11. Uh, it's a GCSE program. Uh, like I said, some of them are compulsory, like English, maths, uh, history, geography, a modern language. But some of them are chosen. Uh, and then they do the examinations. Uh, I actually can't find whether they standard. are uh, on a, on a national level or not. Since my mom does Spanish tutoring, I remember she she actually got a book that is like a guide for the Spanish GCSE to help some kids learn, uh, like study for it. So I think standardized, but I find that so bizarre and I really don't quite understand it because it sounds like even though you can go to different schools, they're all, all going to be measured the same, which don't get me wrong, it makes sense, but it's weird for me because for me, each school have their own exam, and then you graduate it with the grade according to the exam. So to put an example, for example, in primary school, the subject classes are more broad, right? You have maths, you have history, mm. you have geography, you have Spanish, you have civics, and you have music, uh, and you have arts, and you have PE, and that's it. And in secondary, you start getting more into specifics. So now it's no longer maths, it's maths and physics. Now it's no longer just biology, it's chemistry. I mean, now it's no longer natural sciences, it's biology and chemistry. And so basically you start getting more defined. But at the end of the day, you graduate on grades based on the exams they do for those grades. So the, the school makes a test every bimester and then a final. And so at the end of the year, they give you your, your grades and it's just a table, like an Excel sheet that says biology and the average. So first bimester eight, second bimester 10, third bimester 10, fourth bimester four. And because you were awful that semester, I don't know. And then the average total. And if you got above 60, you pass. But if the standard is the same, then... I mean, again, it makes sense, but it's just so weird to me because it's like, then why are different schools with different curriculums if they're all going to go towards having the same exam? It makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I understand it. And for example, in Mexico, even though there's different curriculums, we all get the same textbooks because they're the government given textbooks. But it's just, I never like consider the idea that all schools all have the same exam because i think that's the thing in mexico the more prestigious the school the harder it is so it's not the, it's not the same getting a 10 in a public school 
that getting a 10 in a private school that is super prestigious because the exam is harder. But here it doesn't matter where you go because at the end of the day you're going to be tested the same. I don't know if I'm explaining myself. Uh, I got a little bit confused to be honest. What are you trying to get at? <laughs> Basically I'm saying that it I, because it's the same test for everyone I don't quite see the relevance into which school you're going because at the end of the day they're all going to teach you the same in Mexico you know they that are. if you go to a different school you might learn more than if you go to a different school well the national curriculum is the same for everyone so they all have to teach it the same way but sometimes it has to do with the quality of the education so the quality of the teachers so they are you know you can have a hundred people teach the same thing, but they're going to teach in different ways. Like, the basics will be the same, but some people will be better at explaining things, isn't it? Yeah, no, of course, of course. It's just, again, because I'm not used to it. In, in Portugal, do you have standardized tests like that? Is it the same? Yeah. Okay. So, you, yeah, yeah, it, so Mexico the is the weird one, then. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, could be. I mean, it's just a different way of doing things. I don't know. If it works for them, it works for them. But uh, uh, but yeah, in in um, the GCSEs are uh, national. Uh, I got a little bit confused because I think the difference, the difference is that some schools offer different ones. Uh, so when I say they offer different ones, is you can choose different subjects to go for. But the GCSEs themselves are coming from they're like national exams yeah, 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 and yeah, stuff yeah. uh so yeah that's that's what they are doing and apparently the gcses are very important um if you want to then choose your a level so the, uh, the you know going a little bit ahead but the a levels is basically on years 12 and 13 uh, a stands for advanced and the A-level certificates is basically what you want in terms of getting to uni. So they're very much, years 12 and 13 uh, are very much uh, preparing to, uh, to to go to university. So they don't actually have to do these A-levels or these years 12 and 13. So people can stop school at year 11 once they get their GCSEs. But if they want to get to uni, uh, they can do a two-year program, which is basically getting to the A-levels. So so even though the A-levels is what they choose to go to university, the um, when you are choosing the GCSEs, because the GCSEs are already important for your uh, for your A-levels, and it, it kind of means that when you're choosing your A-level, uh, your GCSEs, you're already kind of making important decisions about what you want to study in uni, in a way. So a uh, year 12 and 13 college then? Uh, yeah, they call it like it's the university preparation. So yeah, because I, I know so, that yeah. here you finish school, then you go to college, and then you go to uni. Because I remember when I moved here, that was very bizarre to yeah. me. Because I learned English based on the states, and for them, college is university. But here, college yeah, yeah, yeah. is before uni. So here, I'm assuming years twelve and thirteen, which is when you're preparing for uni. Those is what here they call college. Then yeah, 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 essentially. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's another thing that for me was, was very weird. Because I learned it. I was like, oh, I'm going to college. I'm like, already? And they're like, yeah, because then I'm going to uni. I'm like, wait, what? Isn't it like the same? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, so so what's, that's what they do. And then they have to uh, choose the... Uh, 
uh, the A levels. So when it comes to the A levels, then what they're going to be choosing is they're going to be looking at uh, basically uh, specializing in three or four subjects, um, which is which are basically relevant to what they wish to follow at the university, um, and uh, uh, and basically the A levels are state examinations and they're recognized by all the universities and uh, by institutions worldwide as well. Um, and then you get your international uh, certificate, basically. Hmm, okay. And just to to not make this episode just you teaching me how the system in the UK works, because a lot of our listeners are from the UK, so they're like, yeah, we know all this. I wanted to ask you something. They, they might they, they might want to send some communication just clarifying and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and correcting a lot of what we said. Because yeah. to be quite honest with you, uh, Bruno, even when I was researching this, I wasn't entirely clear myself. Even now looking at it, uh, there is like the vocational courses as well, which seems to be what they're calling here colleges, which is like a sixth form college or a college of further education. So the, the, what I want to say with that is that... There's, there's quite a lot that are that is done here in the UK, so it, it's not always straightforward. Yeah, but especially I, once you get a bit further ahead. I wanted to ask you this because I was having this discussion with both Holly and my mom, because I was very conflicted. Because, for example, I don't know if they have changed it, but when I was a kid, I was told that there were like three states of matter, right? Like solid, liquid, and gaseous. And yeah. then I learned that there's also plasma, for example. And that, yeah. and that there is non-Newtonian liquids, like Ublek, for example, right? So sure. I was debating with myself, how do I tell that to Nimnim? Or if they're learning history and they're teaching, not that that happens, so again, don't, don't eat me with feedback, but if they're teaching how great the English, the British Empire was, like, I'm, I'm debating how do I tell them, well... That is wrong. There are not three states of being. There's four, at least. And no, we don't have five senses. We It's a debate whether we have 12 or 16. And yes, the English Empire did all of that, but it also did all of this. So I'm very conflicted in how do I tell them the information that I know, but at the same time make it so that they don't get in trouble in school. Because I don't then want Nimnim to go to school and put in a test after they told her that there were three states of matter her putting four and failing and then having to explain, well, my papi told me that there were four because of plasma and blah, 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 you know? So how how are you planning to tackle that thing? Like when you know that <laughs> school is given information that is no longer accurate or that it contradicts what you know? I think it's... I think it's kind of like what you just said now. I, like, I, you know, if I'm helping, if I'm doing something like this, I think like it's always so. Th there's two things that I'm I'm going to try to to. There's two ways of approaching this, right? So one is more specific, which is kind of like what you're saying in terms of um, how are you going? Uh, like, by the way, you know, there's yes, there are more than three stages of of. Uh, 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 of matter um, but it depends on how they're educating as well like if they say there are only three stages of matter then well that's clearly wrong and I, I'm going to say 
no, there's more. Uh, but if they say there are three key stages of matter, then I'm not too bothered about it. Like, why am I going to confuse their their mind? Like, if they're saying there are three key stages, then I might make a comment that goes like, oh, there are more, but they're not very important, so just focus on those three. So it's just not. But, but if, if they, they say, say there's only three, are you going to go to the school and tell them, yo, change your curriculum because this is wrong? No, no. If they say, oh, if they say that it is only three stages yeah. of matter, uh, yeah, probably. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. So well, I mean, no, I'm I mean, not if criticizing. they're teaching something that is completely wrong, like if it's not something that is up for debate or not, like it's not up for debate. That for me, that's the same as saying that, uh, you know, the 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 Earth is at the center of the universe or Earth is flat. Like it's just not correct you know and i don't want i don't mean to to but but that's not part of the national curriculum anyway but if it said something like that then i would go for it like there are other things that are a lot more subjective which is like the british empire and yeah exactly history of the uk that one i'm not going to be bothered about it and i'm not going to go there because it's like you you can't really define what is right what isn't it's part of the history like you want to highlight the good things so i'm not bothered about it but if it's something like scientific then if it's something like scientific then i uh, i would definitely uh, uh, go there and say look this just isn't right it like i said it really depends on the language used uh, are they saying it's only three stages or are they saying it's the three key stages because so for it example depends a lot on how it is what i thought is if it's something like history right as long as i'm not teaching something inaccurate like giving like giving wrong dates or wrong names i don't mind I can let them teach that and I can just like supplement the others like facts yeah. that I know. Perfect. But if they're saying there's only three stages of matter, I personally didn't think, okay, let me go to school or let me write a note saying you're wrong. I thought something, well, I didn't th- think anything. I, I thought, I don't know what to do. What my mom suggested and then I subscribed to is saying, look, the thing is when these curriculums were invented, those were the knowledge that was fact. But science and, and knowledge in general keeps evolving and keeps changing. So that is the answer that your school wants you to put. Learn it. But let me just tell you that that is no longer updated. This is the correct information that I want you to know. But don't go around correcting everyone and blah, blah, blah. Because I don't think me going to the school is actually going to make it anything so that they... Like, I don't think I will accomplish anything other than being that annoying parent. So I personally didn't think, oh, let me just go to school. I thought just saying, yeah, well, again, I didn't think anything, but I, I reached now the conclusion based with, with help that the best thing to do will just tell them, answer that because that is the correct answer in school. But let me tell you where the actual scientific facts are. We don't have just five senses. It depends on what you categorize as senses, but we have at least 12. And no, there's not four stages of matter, three stages of matter, there's at least It's four. difficult, isn't it? Because even in the census, saying that we've got at least 12, well, yes, but according to whom? Like, some people say that we have more. Some people say that it, we don't even get 12. So when you're talking about that, it's like, for some people, yes, we have at least 12, but that's not what, that's, it's not a consensus, you know? So... It's hard to say exactly. this is the fact when yeah, there's no consensus. Exactly. It's the same with is what I was I was having this talk with the other day with continents. It's like how do you define a continent? But thinking about my kid going to school and thinking about curriculums and everything got me thinking of this. Like, what are you gonna do if they're being taught information that contradicts what you know? And obviously, it's gonna help that we're gonna be helping them in in school and in homework and stuff. 
but I, I did wanted to put that question out there because I wanted to see how you would react and what you would do. But I think we're almost on the same on the same page. Except that I wouldn't bother telling, like going to the school and saying you're wrong. I would just say to Nim Nim in private, they're wrong, but still. And you think that. that I'm that annoying parent? Well, no, you said so, not me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You said that that's, that would make me an annoying parent. I just said what I would do. Well, yeah, to the school <laughs> it would. I'm pretty sure if they're getting a Pedro visit every bimester by telling them, yo, fix your science books, they will be like, oh boy, here we go again. But who says There's that I'm there Pedro. every semester? Who says I'm there in every semester? All I'm saying is that if they put something like if they say that the Earth is flat, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm not. What do you I'm, mean? I'm going to be there. I'm nah, going nah, to be there. Nah, alternative facts, man. You you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, Have you yeah, ever been to to facts. the North Pole? Have you ever been to the North Pole? Huh? Next sure. thing you tell me is that the the Sun is the center of the galaxy. Pff, crazy talk. But, but 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 just to finish what I was saying in terms of the approaches, the general approach, and uh, you know I don't want to to get a, a class clown or something, so I'll have to see how I approach that. But um, one thing that I am going to <coughs> excuse me, uh, one thing that I am going to to say and to incentivize is that always kind of always question the information you're being given not in the sense of every time they tell yes. you something ask them ask them what it is for or why it is but just kind of internally question everything and try to yeah, understand yeah. No, even who what is we telling say, me these exactly yeah 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 even what parents say you know we, we cannot tell them oh if they say oh but why is that we cannot tell them because i'm your dad like we have to tell them we have to back up what our claims you know what i mean yeah so just always question like who is telling me these and what sort of advantage they they have by telling me these and uh, just just kind of that a little bit because to be honest with you like when you're at school you're just being fed information so you don't really know better so i don't think i did anything wrong but let's just say that if i was at school today like there's a lot of stuff that i would question a, a lot more like thinking back to how it was like some of the lessons some of the stuff that they tried to tell me there was a lot of uh you know i i could have definitely questioned <laughs> a lot of things that were being uh, tossed to me essentially i think that's what i'm a little bit more weary about taking that approach because i was the other way around and it didn't cause me any friends like i was questioning everything like i was a proper skeptic i don't know i i always mm. found it difficult pronouncing that word but everything it, if it could be questioned i would be questioning it and not even my teachers hated me my my peers hated me because i made i think that's like more it. three hours that's more longer it. everyone was like bruno just shut up and accept what it is i'm like wait, wait wait but can you tell me again why is this this the way because i didn't quite understand it and i want to make sure i understand it and everyone was like oh just shut up mate yeah i think that's that's the key difference isn't it i think from a personal development it's good from for the teachers i think they appreciate it because at least you're taking an interest but your colleagues are going to hate you so you know it's difficult but then again how many colleagues of at high school do you keep contact with nowadays so yeah <laughs> and i don't know something that i i also wanted to to touch because was incredibly weird for me but it's super common here is and i know we already reach again the the mark of the hour so we're we're gonna have to not uh, dilly dally too long but it's, it's very important that we touch it is the subject of boarding schools like 
that sounds so bizarre to me, and I'm not criticizing it, but just the fact of sending your you kid... don't have boarding schools in Mexico. No, if anything, they oh uh, surely you must have boarding schools in Mexico. Nah, 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 nah. If not anything, commonly. If anything, your parents threatened you to send you to a boarding school, but it wasn't a boarding school. Yeah, it was not. But it the exists. Yeah, but the thing is, it doesn't exist as a concept of boarding school. It's insist as, uh, let me Google translate the word real quick. Uh, let me tippy tappy, you're gonna hear some tippy tappies. Orferinato in English. Orphanage. <laughs> so it doesn't, Orphanage. Yeah, so it doesn't ex exist as the concept of boarding school, but your parents will threaten you to send you to the orphanage. So basically abandon you. Because, no, we don't that's, have boarding That's nothing schools. to do with boarding schools, is it? Well, boarding school is where you get sent to live in the school, right? So you get... To yeah. Like, yeah, no, we don't have that. No, you must have. Do the research, man. We don't. I am. It says ten to top 10 best boarding schools in Mexico. Then it's super mega hyper posh and I was never aware of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, there's one here. It literally says... Um, the boarders enter school on Monday morning and they leave on Friday afternoon. Okay, yeah, no, it's something incredibly posh or religious, because I'm, I'm pretty sure it must be religious as well, because I'm, I'm sure I have heard of that. Or military school. I don't school. think this one is. This one is Damian Carmona. You've got the Guadalupano Children's Boarding School. Where oh, that has one? to be religious, the Guadalupano, I'm sure. Because because the Virgin of Guadalupe is the, the, the Virgin Mary of Mexico. And yeah, probably. American School Foundation. Again, foreign. See. So, yeah, it's not common. Uh, but most, some of them are military schools. That's what I, but, yeah, that's what I just told you. It's maybe military school. So but that's have, not the, or, is that the orphanage? No, it's different. But we don't have, the, like, the concept of boarding school is not common. It's either religious school that you go and live there because you're, it's a religious school. Or it's a military school. But boarding school per se, we don't have it. It's easier for you to go and study abroad. Like your parents send you to... But you, you have that one, that uh, Damian Carmona. That one? Okay. That one is the one that you go on Monday and then you leave on the Friday. Yeah, but it's one in a country that is like three times the size of the UK. So it's definitely not common. I guess I failed to consider military and religious schools. Because those are technically boarding schools. Yes, that's that's right. But with, and for me, it was never the concept of school itself. Because yes, they teach you. But you don't go mm. there to, to learn on the school. You go there to either be a military person or to be a, a cleric. <laughs> But it's not an actual boarding school. And I, I never knew of it. And the other ones were, again, like orphanage. So it's, it's really rare to the point that I didn't even knew they proper existed. So for me, the concept is extremely weird. I, it, again, for me, it was even more common to know that super posh kids were to study abroad to like the states of to Europe. So those boarding schools I was aware of but not inside yeah. Mexico, unless they were religious or military schools. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, here in the UK, it's a lot more common, like a lot more common than, I guess, Portugal and Mexico, because in Portugal, it's also incredibly uncommon. There's a few like military, there might be like some religious, but yeah, I, similar to Mexico, it, they exist, but it's, it's, it's very, very uncommon. But here in the UK, I, I see that it is a lot more common, even to the point that there actually are 
state boarding schools even where the education itself is public it's just you just have to pay for the accommodation oh there we go okay no my bad my bad perfect so i i googled sorry i googled the, the little translation of boarding school and is internado and yes yeah. we have a lot of internados a lot but again in my mind internados because here a boarding school is usually a posh thing right and yeah, for in sure. In Mexico, every time the word internado was used, it was the other way around. It was for kids that didn't have like a proper family, so they had to live in the school. That's what I said also, orphanage. Because it was, it is something that is considered like, I don't know, it's hard to define. But I, I don't associate internado which, with like... Uh, clout and social standard on the contrary I associate with troublesome kids that their parents didn't want to take care of them anymore they were just really bothersome and really violent and they didn't learn so they were sent to the internado but that doesn't to me that is not an actual school supporting school is a school to me the internado it's a yeah. whole you're going to live there and you happen to be educated because you're living there but you're not going to study. You're going to actually live there. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. And uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely not many of those in Mexico and even in Portugal as well. Uh, most of the boarding schools there are military or religious or, you know, like you say, for kids who misbehave. It's very similar in Portugal. Um, it's, it's not many at all that are actually the same concept uh, that exists here in the UK for boarding schools, for sure. Like, for example, if I Google the first, in, like if I put internado, uh, in Mexico, the first page that I get in Google, it says uh, we are a portal for boarding school in Mexico uh, dedicated to offer support to daughters and well to rebel daughters and sons, problematic kids or kids with special needs or, or conflictive. Uh, or yeah, that's the most common uh, or, you know, denomination in, in the countries for sure. So that's that's why for me when I heard that here boarding school was something that you actually like are proud of. It's like yes, I went to boarding school. I was like, what? Really? Huh? Like in Mexico, you went to boarding school when your parents didn't love you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sort of similar in 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 Portugal for sure. Um, any idea of the cost? Do you want to take a, a guess at the cost for boarding school? Boarding school, a private one and the public one. Oh, okay. For, um, well, I remember I was doing some research for Montessori school because I really love the Montessori system, um, which I can go on a whole rant about how it got kidnapped and bastardized because Montessori, the first time she went to give classes, it was for free to the kids of single mothers. And now it's one of the most expensive systems. So that's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but I remember doing research and I think, I don't even remember properly, I actually remember I sent it to you once, but I think it was something like two grand per term or something like that. So it ended up being like super expensive. I think if, if we're talking about actual boarding schools, because I think that that one that you looked at, it probably wasn't a boarding school. That... Okay, yeah, no, 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 sorry. I, I got confused by the question. I thought we were talking about private and public, not boarding school still uh so yeah. i have a friend who works in a private in a boarding school in the finance department actually and i think 
she says that they, I don't remember, I think higher is on the high end, but if I remember correctly, it's like something like 30, 40 grand per year. It can definitely be that. Uh, usually the, the private ones go between 20 and 30,000 a year, so 20 and 30 grand a year, but it can definitely get to like 40 and 50, uh, yeah. depending on the school. And um, that is without counting for like, because the, the weird thing is, that is for like the school, right? But then on top of that, they also handle like the wallet of the kids, so they, they handle how much they get per month and stuff, and the parents are the one who send that it's a whole thing yeah. so yeah it's it's bizarre it's like oh wow yeah for sure and in the public ones it's a little bit cheaper so it's between 10 and 20 grand depending on the school because you're only paying for accommodation uh, which i guess to your point is then the around 10k that you get for the private education itself that's the difference uh, between one and another um, there's actually a few near us here in Lansing uh, anyway um, there's a, there's a few of them uh, here and um, but I think that they're just very very hard to get into and stuff like that they have like priority lists and waiting lists and all of that uh, but then they have like nice things I was looking at one nearby that even had like an outdoor heated swimming pool uh, for the kids and it's just like oh bloody hell you know outdoor heated swimming pool I would have loved to have that when I was a kid yeah um, so so yeah but you know no who can afford that really like yeah no it's ridiculous it's, it's just so much it's just so much between 10 and 20k uh, uh per year it's just like so much money that uh yeah let, let's use that for other experiences and unless yeah. i become a millionaire or something not <laughs> only that i think in all honesty even if i were to like i don't know tomorrow i found out that a, rest, a distant relative died and for some weird reason i'm the only one they want to leave their fortune to I still wouldn't like to put Nim Nim in a, in a boarding school because I will, like, in all honesty, I'll miss her a lot. Like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, want, yeah, that's true. I don't want true. to miss her life. Like, she's already spending half her life in school. I want to be there for the other half, man. Not criticizing yeah, anyone who's got into boarding school. That is just... I don't know why I'm so sensitive about offending people. I don't want to, but... But, yeah, that's just my opinion. I, I really don't want to, like, say... Like, okay, well, you're 12 now. <laughs> Go on and live your life. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you're right. I think the only thing I would say is that um, not every school requires them to be, like, f there for months or anything. Like, so most of the boarding schools are, like, Monday to, to Friday. Um, and uh, I, I'm not saying that I would be comfortable with it because I definitely feel the same way as you do. Like, I would want to be with Nico and all of that. But at the end of the day, if they have after-school activities, for example, I know it's not after-school activities, but at the moment Nico is going to nursery, right? So we go to nursery and we pick him up around, like, five-ish. Um, and then he comes home and then at 6 6 30 he's already eating his dinner and then it's like taking a, taking a bath and then going to bed so we don't really spend that much with him during the week anyway um so and most of that time he's just doing things that he needs to do not like quality time but it's it's more like oh yeah he needs to take a bath he needs to go to bed so when you they're going to school if it's only like monday to friday it's not that i would do it but i I understand a little bit more because there's not much to gain during those first during those nights um, and if you can have the kid during the weekend then you know 
perfect. Uh, but yeah, I do know what you mean in terms of being difficult to be away from them. Yeah, no, and also, at least on my end, uh, I know for a, for a fact that that schedule of we pick them up at five and then they go to bed and everything will change as they get older. Yeah, also, that's school, true. School is not longer going to be until five. Right now it's until five because it's nursery. But when they're older, they're going to arrive at home around like four-ish. So well, not, not if they have after-school school activities. Yeah, not if they do. Okay, yeah, fine. Let's assume they do and they get home still at six. At least when we all have dinner, we can have a chat. That right now they can't. Yeah. Right now their chat is Gugu Tata. But, <laughs> but yeah. I would like to be able to daily tell them, okay, so how was school? How are you? Do, like, how is life treating you? Do you have any friends? Do you have any, like drama going on like you know i want to be involved so i wouldn't like to have mm. to relegate all of that to the weekend i would like to be there present and being able to help and if they're going through something be able to be supportive all that yes you know yeah yeah like i said i agree it's just that if it's monday to friday i do get it a little bit more and even friday is like friday afternoon and it's like monday morning so you even get that like that friday so it's really just for night so i get it a little bit more even though i i don't think that i would be able to do it so yeah um but anyway so so just going back a little bit just to the uh the education like we said whether they're going to a boarding school to a private school uh to you know uh you know regular regular school that they would go to um uh, what happens is that after they do these years, their A-levels, they can go to university. And the university is pretty standard, as you'd expect. So there are undergraduate courses that are three years, uh, and then they have postgraduates. I think this one is where it gets a little bit different, because postgraduates here are usually one year, uh, and it's very intense. It's like a very intense year. Um, some postgraduates can take two, but for example, in Portugal, I think that most, the, the regular thing is that postgraduates take two years, whereas in here it's one. Um, how is it in Mexico? Is it also the same? Three years for undergraduate, one year for postgraduate? Uh, the, I, to be honest, I'm not completely sure. I know that it changes between careers. So medicine, yeah. you study longer than graphic design, for example. And I know that even in the same career, you can take longer or shorter, depending on how you wish to graduate. Uh, because, like oh, okay. I said, there's there's three ways. There's by points, there's by thesis, and there's by senodal, which is an exam. So if it's by point, you have to do it by basically going through certain subjects and you get those points. So you can cram as much as you can in your first year so you only study three years or you can be a little bit more lax and you study five years stuff like that so it's really mm, uh, variable yeah it's really variable and also i don't because in mexico when you graduate from university you're usually a level of degree that it's called licenciado or ingeniero yeah. if you so engineer or licenciado then you become a, a master, so in masters, and then you become a doctor, so a PhD. But yeah, that is the, those are the levels. So licenciado or ingeniero, depending on, because engineering engineering careers don't get they are not licenciaturas. Those are like the two divisions. And then there's a masters, and then there's a doctorate, so the equivalent of the PhD, and that's how it's divided. But the it's very the time it's very loose and it can vary a lot and then you can also have a 
a sabbatical during your career. So you can study for like three years and then you take a sabbatical and then you come back and they keep your points. Like it's, it's very loose and very variant. It depends on what you're studying and when you're studying. And um, uh, yeah, basically that. What, where, and how. Those are the variables of how long you're going to take. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and in here, then you can go, like you were saying, so you can also have a doctorate, slow a PhD, which can take between two and seven years, depending on what you're studying. Um, just to give a bit of insight as well, because I actually did my postgraduate here in the UK. So just to go over my personal experience. Uh, so it was a one year postgraduate, but they allowed you to do it as part time uh, over two years, which I did uh, for two reasons, because I needed to get a job and because I needed to, because I wanted to pay it over the course of two years instead of having to pay it all in one year. Uh, at the time that cost me around five grand to do the postgraduate, but I know that now is more expensive and it will probably be more expensive even when they listen to it. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully not, but probably. And what I remember uh, in terms of the differences to my undergraduate in Portugal is that I remember that um, uh, it was very intense, even though I was doing it part time. I know that you didn't have a lot of chances to fail. Uh, so I don't know how it is in Mexico. You'll probably tell me. But in Portugal, uh, when you are doing uni, you can fail a lot of time so you can continuously fail it's like you do the subject when you pass but until you pass you can continue to retake it so you can retake it like five years in a row if you want um and and even during the year you usually have like three or five dif uh, three or four different chances because you can do it as part of attending the class you can do it as part of the exam on the first phase you have the exam on the second phase and then you have two phases on the end of your exam so you have five different ways that you can pass the class in each year and you if you don't in any of those five you can always try again next year and it doesn't really cost that much money it's like 30 euros or something uh, but in here in the uk it's like if you fail something you have to you have to like pay uh, a lot of money to retake it or you have to do the postgraduate again from the beginning or you have to have a very good reason as to why you couldn't make it so i know that they don't they're not very forgiving here when at least when it comes to the postgraduate level so i remember finding it quite hard in that sense because i was working at the time and i wanted to get like good grades and stuff but it would have been easy if i had more than one opportunity to pass the class but i didn't it was like this is your one shot and if you can't make it here you better have a good you better have a good excuse oh wow okay um, yeah well you kind of put me in the spot because i'm not entirely too aware of how <laughs> it works in in mexico um i know that for example if it's by thesis your thesis can get rejected and then you can present it again um i don't know how uh, how limited it is like I don't mean I don't know how long it takes for that to like how many times you can do that I'm not aware uh, but I know that it's something that can be done um, uh, for the test for example I don't know how it works if you do it by test and you fail the test I'm assuming you can retake it but I don't know if you have to wait or you have to like do something to show that you you're worthy of taking the test again again i i have no idea in all honesty mate because since i didn't do it i'm a little bit sure. ignorant in the whole process but yeah that's um 
that's basically it. That's basically education here in the UK. There's a lot more that we could talk about, but obviously we don't really um, have, uh, you know, th that could, would have to be another episode. And maybe we'll do an more episodes about education system here. But uh, I think at this this point, this gives us a nice idea of how it is generally here in the UK. Uh, in addition to what we explored about how it was in Mexico and Portugal in part one of this episode. Yeah, exactly. And I think we also got to got to say a, a lot of out of uh, our own opinions and and our own ideas of what we want in an education system, which I think is mm. fair to say that we're both very happy with how the system works. Obviously, we have to experiment it first, but at least in theory, I think we can agree that it looks nice. Like it, it yeah. seems something that it's gonna uh, it's suit for purpose at least. Yeah, I agree. Cool, cool, cool. So I Brilliant. guess that marks the end of this this episode. Thank yeah. you so much for for taking your time to have this conversation with me and to to have the episode two after yeah, my pleasure uh, uh, last week. So thank you for the the patient and thank you guys uh, who are listening for putting up with this uh, type of episode in which we're basically learning how it works here in the UK. So I know that for a lot of you guys who might think like, well, I already know this, but we don't so that's it we don't want to shy away from subjects that we really have no idea how what it works uh, so like pedro said in the episode if we did anything wrong and if we miss something please do let us know don't let us live in ignorance <laughs> tell us <laughs> tell us how it works and any and all feedback please send it to contact at foreignersandfathers.com if you are listening outside of the uk Tell us how is the education system where you're at. Tell us what you think is better. Do you like the education system where you're at better? Or what you heard of Mexico, Portugal, or the UK? Is there anything that you would like to graph from those education systems and, and make it your own? What what do you think? And, well, uh, remember to please do the, the social media stuff, which is subscribe and rate us. If you can leave a feedback in, in Apple Podcasts or leave your stars in Spotify, very much appreciated and we like it really does help the show grow and reach more people so uh, also i'm still on twitch still haven't done anything because i'm i'm very stretched thin as it is but i'm still there so feel free to to subscribe and look look at the bod see if that's something that you like next episode will be available in a week unless you're a time traveler or you're listening in the future and which means that you can already listen to it and it's about solo questing, which you'll, you'll understand more of what it is next episode. So for my part, that has been all. Again, Pedro, thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to, to have this, yeah, my pleasure. this chat Thank with me, me, man. Not, not a problem. And, well, I'll see you guys later. Bye. Yeah, see you later. Bye.